I just want to, uh, maybe I can start just a small primer as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I need everybody on the call here to know that I just finished a space for the Unbound like five minutes ago. And oh my I god, you really so, rushed to get like, it ready. Said, yeah, like, oh my god, I said exactly that. Can we have this on the podcast? Like seriously. Yeah, Rita said the exact same thing. Literally. hundred like, percent like word for word. At uni, you always know that guy who submits an assignment like five, Dude, four, three, and on, it like, just goes in. Come on, man. <laughs> no, but okay, but I I wanna just read I know we're gonna talk about a space for the unbound later, but I, I just I wanted to tell you guys because one, I okay. Technically, I played the beta, so I finished the game before this. All right, course, so it's not like I rushed cool. to finish the game. Oh, you're so yeah. cool. ready? Oh yeah. man! Um, but the second thing was like I I was rushing to finish the game, but I was like cry like ugly crying. Like I had it recorded because I wanted to uh, I want to put the street uh, we need to the talk gameplay about up that on as well. YouTube. Yeah, but I just like well before we get to that story later on, I like I finished the game and I'm like wiping my tears away with my hands, and then I go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like okay. I'm gonna talk to you, and I'm gonna talk to Reno. <laughs> like, get your get your stuff together. <laughs> get your stuff together. I came back, and I'm like, okay, I feel a lot better now. So I might get really emotional wow. throughout this podcast, but I just want to put it out there that like. I mean, that's know. awesome though, because I mean, like for you, the experience is like relatively fresh. So like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you you can like talk about that. I mean, <laughs> what were I you What were you guys be doing before this stream? <laughs> chilling i knew it was gonna be fresh for all of us because we all just played it but i didn't know it was like literally you know just out of the frying pan for our yeah it's like the plate is hot you know what i mean yeah, we will yeah. be extensively talking about that game um what what were you all doing before this uh before the recording i was like watching <laughs> youtube videos and drinking coffee <laughs> what, what, you, what, what give, youtube videos are you watching like I literally like every day, like my routine is the same. I make coffee, feed the cats, and then I go and watch like what's on my YouTube feed for the day. Mm -hmm. And it's like a mix of shit. Like I've got like uh, video essays on like anime <laughs> or film. And then I've mm -hmm. got like video game, like let's play videos. And then mm -hmm. I've got like K-pop. And then I've got like, uh, I've got a whole bunch of shit. Like it's, it's really eclectic, but like it like kind of jolts my brain. Mm -hmm. So like I, I've done this for like ever. It's like my kind of like daily ritual i had this friend who was like screenshot your youtube page front page to me and it was oh, yeah. like this whole thing like like you can tell so much about a person by seeing what content youtube serves you and i was True. like i don't know i don't know if i want if we're at this level of friendship yet to do it like that's what i was telling my friend why are you so embarrassed no what well... are you got to hide <laughs> let me let me tell you june so we started this podcast and we have a we <laughs> no. both have access to a youtube channel because we both uh -huh. you know upload on youtube we both of course uh, manage the youtube page and sometimes i get recommended videos on that youtube where it's like 16 workouts to do before lunchtime nice. <laughs> or Love it. like i think there was like multiple al haitam genshin yeah. videos at one point amazing so it's either genshin or workout videos yeah he texted me he's like stop watching genshin videos on on the podcast channel i'm like i'm sorry use your own youtube you know what i mean stop messing up my search history <laughs> let um, us so you though it is it is yeah. what 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 are you afraid of on your youtube as june says yeah. Well, no, I don't think I have anything that bad. Like, I think the thing that I was probably most self-conscious about initially when I was getting into it was, like, ASMR. And now I feel What's like it's... Yeah, 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 now I feel like it's super mainstream. But at the time, I was like, oh, maybe some people find this kind of weird. So I, that's probably the most, like, left thing, left like, left of field thing on my page. But, yeah, I'm cool with it now. What do you do with it? Like, did you just have it on in the background? No, um, I used it to go to sleep. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I list, I I use the kind of funny Dead Space review to go to sleep. You know what I mean? That's that sounds <laughs> offensive. That's not offensive. I just listen to a lot of like video game podcasts at night before I. You down. actually literally fall asleep to video game reviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that oh, sounds really bad, doesn't uh, yeah, it? Yeah, no, but it's like <laughs> it's the no, time not, where you know you funny. just sit back and just like consume and not be distracted by something. You know what I mean? And then I just end up like passing out. That's but hilarious. I've been, like, laughing and being snarky half the time, like in a way that keeps your brain active. I think so, but don't you love falling asleep laughing? <laughs> you know, you fall, you fall, you fall asleep so happy. Weird. You know what I mean? Like you're falling asleep like, ha ha, and then you just pass Oh my God, dude. Like a, a state of grace. No? No. <laughs> no. No, nobody. You, what, so a when you fall asleep grace? angry, like everybody here falls asleep like angry and mad. Or fall asleep no, no sound. Like there's yeah. no music, no nothing. Wow. Just... Are you the ones that would put like ambient tone, like uh, white noise to go to No, sleep? not even that, man. Just fall asleep. Just, just like put your head on the pillow and then yeah. you're dead. <laughs> I've never heard the, the phrase like fall asleep laughing. Like if, if that if I was in a room and like someone was sleeping and they started laughing, I would be freak so freak out so much. Like call call the bomo or something. Like there's there's a soul to be exercised. Okay, well you don't have to call you know a bomo or for those that don't, like a witch doctor for like sleeping. You know what I mean? If you're gonna fall asleep happy. That sounds like anti-therapy or anti-happiness. I wonder if it's the ghost laughing because it just entered your body. I welcome it. You know what I mean? If the ghost <laughs> is going to put me... <laughs> welcome to the 20M Podcast, folks. <laughs> hello, hello. How is everybody doing? Um, this is a podcast mo- mostly dedicated to disagreeing with your friends. And uh, what a cast of friends that I have with me today. Um, we have the illustrious, the amazing... Uh, the wonderful, the sometimes a little bit too snarky, Rena. Hello, hello. Uh, and and <laughs> what were you gonna say? What was, what was your no, intro? No, 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 no. I was gonna no. No, I didn't. I didn't have an intro. I yeah, was just gonna like you wanted to say something. I was gonna today. make way for June. That was all because he's the special one today. Oh yeah, I was gonna get to you know. Were you though? Yeah, the hype man himself, uh, the beauty bestowed upon your screens. Uh, the man that makes everything happen in the Southeast Asian game space, the leader of one of the most infamous Destiny clans uh, uh, in in the region, player of many games, watcher of the Game of Thrones shows. Yes, uh, definitely. Celebratory uh, Twitter friend. <laughs> oh my god. June uh, from Xbox. June, how are you doing? Welcome into the show. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Like, uh, I'm I'm so excited. To, to just shoot the wind with you guys. That's uh, that's pretty accurate. I feel like yeah, we yeah. do just fire at the air and see what <laughs> lands yeah. with this podcast. <laughs> um, maybe June to, to kick us off. Well, I mean, maybe to to give everybody a heads up. This is the first time we're having a guest. It's a very special deal. Oh, um, so congratulations! Nice so honored. Yes. I really yeah. am. If you actually go check your front door, June, there's actually a gift from us. <laughs> Let me. Rita, we need, we need to get this figured out. Really quick. Can you can we get like Let's a get something sent on right like now. grab delivery right now, like Starbucks? To, to yes. <laughs> hey, thanks for thanks for coming on the pod. You know, please enjoy these cookies from Starbucks. <laughs> um, no, June, I think you're you're our first official guest for the Twenty Eight Podcast. So welcome and thanks for so thanks for making the time. Thank you, um, guys. For those that don't know you, who are you? <laughs> How long have we known each other? Who are you? What do you what do you do? Uh. How long have we known each other? I think uh, that's the more important question. As opposed yeah, to, uh, I think we, I mean, we 
I got to know of your stuff online, mm-hmm. uh, probably about middle of last year, right? Like, I think it was about like May, June. Uh, yeah. And so it was because I started my new job at Xbox, uh, where I look after Southeast Asia games, uh, which means that, you know, I speak to a lot of the devs and publishers and partners from the region to help them figure out how to bring their games to Xbox. Um, and through that, I got to know that there was a bunch of really passionate people online who was talking about Southeast Asia games too. Uh, and I just like lurked for a while. And then you did this thing about uh, controllers uh, that were very associated with uh, food from Southeast Asia. And I thought that was like the coolest thing. I never, ever, ever thought I'd do a controller design based on that. And I was like, damn, this guy's cool. So I, I hit you up on Twitter. Yeah. That's really funny. Was that was that the first encounter? I know, like, um, maybe to give context for everybody, yeah. Xbox Design Lab. I think there was one week where they were like, Xbox Design Lab, which is the custom controller like, yes. thing. So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, we're yeah, launching yeah, yeah. in Asia, right? Like, Singapore was one mm-hmm. of the countries. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to play around. And obviously, as everybody does these days, it's like, oh, I'm going to make an Ava Unit 1 Xbox controller. <laughs> and I'm of course. like, all right. Dude, the Everyone number of those online is, yeah. like, seriously. Which I still want. But I'm like, okay, it's kind of, like, passe. It's a little bit too yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to make a nut- Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make a Nasi Lamat, like, inspired <laughs> Xbox controller. I think I did a couple. I was like, it was like a whole thread. I did, like, Nasi Lamat. I did, yeah. like, Milo, right? I think. Milo. Yeah, which yeah. Is I thought that one Indomie. The Indomie controller. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I do remember, I think you you blasted that out, and I got a bunch of Xbox people like liking that, and I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did that make you you all hungry? Or was it just me that's just like super hungry when I play games? <laughs> like that I need pictures of food, like Someone remnants of food to that. remind me. Someone needs to solve that problem. Like when you're gaming, you've got two hands, and you want to eat, but you don't want to get your hands dirty. Like the, the closest I've been able to figure this out is chopsticks with chips. Oh so my god! I've heard about chips, this. This is a very. Dude. This is a yeah. Yeah, that's the only way you can eat chips without getting your hands dirty. Okay, so I, I guess you know this is already the first point of contention, right? Because I'm like <laughs> oh, super no. against that. What? Like, you're you know, against it. You're against like, chopsticks. You know, there's like there's this this ad that now is going around where it's like this this guy like he's got these chopsticks that like slip onto the top of your fingers. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I was like, you don't need to over engineer these things, you know? Wow. You just you just need to get your hands in there. And get your controllers dirty. And then your like, controllers. Wow, that's really like contentious, chips. man. What if what you're eating you? nasi lemak? Like, would you get your hands dirty on your nasi lemak theme controller as well? Okay, first I mean, of all, Reno, who the heck is eating nasi lemak whilst they're gaming? <laughs> first question. <laughs> hey, hey, look. It's possible, like you know, if you're Southeast like Southeast Asians got a game, right? Yeah, gaming over lunch. I do it all the time. <laughs> With Xbox Cloud, you know what I mean? Xbox Cloud, you can you can eat nasi lemak wherever you want. Um, the number of people like in Mamak stores who are like on their mobile phones playing MLBB while they are eating is like countless, dude. I mean, I've seen the little, you know, those little like thumb protectors where you can like put it on your phone so there's like yeah, 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 yeah. less friction or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I g- getting your controllers dirty. That's a really big. That's a big uh, no-no for me. I've never yeah, liked it's that. A big, no, I, I get it. Like, so I think you're I, in the minority, Gene. No, as in, like, when I do it, like, I'm very, like, uh, delicate about how I'm <laughs> eating as I'm playing. I don't normally eat as I play, but when I do, mm-hmm. I don't, like, use extra implements, you know? So what do you do? Like, do you have, like, a packet of wet wipes so you eat, wipe your hands, do something? I just, like, like use, like, the like... tip of my fingers. Like, you know, I'm just, like... Okay. Yeah. You know, you just you gotta <laughs> you just gotta get in there, man. But like you know, you gotta just do it 
daintily. Yeah, there's no follow-up. I, I, like... no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be super real with y'all. I do the little okay. like um I do the gaming sessions. I'm not a big snacker, but when I do snack, I'll just like snack a little bit. And then the tips of your fingers are a little bit, you know, and then I just do like a little you know what I mean? Just like a little for for audio listeners, dusted, I'm like dusted. just yeah, rubbing my fingers together to get the little like snack nice. dust off, you know. Or sometimes if it's big, I'll just do a little thigh rub, you know, just rub, <laughs> rub, my, rub my hands on my thighs, you know. Because you don't want it on your fabric, right? You, but it's, if it's on your skin, it's okay. You're gonna take look, a shower later. I feel so. you, man. No, yeah. no, no. Like, like our look, June. Our ancestors invented chopsticks for a reason, and it's so that we could game <laughs> with clean hands. So please get on this boat. I feel like you know our ancestors never thought about video games, <laughs> you know. And they probably didn't want to get their abacus dirty as well, you know. So they would they would just like mm. eat and then. Look, That's true. Yeah, try, it, try it. Okay. You know what? I will. Do you ever get hungry when you see video game food? Do you? Not like, really. Because be I remember, um, yeah, of course, we're going to talk about some like Square games, but I know Final Fantasy Fifteen mm, when they yeah. did like food was a really big component. Those those assets look amazing, you know. So I remember when I was streaming Final Fantasy Fifteen, I would like see the food pop up, and I'm like, dude, I could I could eat right now, <laughs> you know. And it's kind of like taking me away from the game, so I feel like it was a mm. bit ironic. Um, That's a are there point. any like food in games that you guys remember fondly? Mm, I don't get hungry looking at game food, but I mean, like games like Overcooked, like food is like front and center. For example, like I just, I don't know, feels like a different brain working on it. And like Genshin, um, food is always really. Of course, we're talking about Genshin. Of Of course, course. we we have to jump to Genshin. (laughs) But I mean, like Genshin is does uh, like you know the food like items really well, like you know, and the details that go into that stuff. I mean, like speaking of FF15, like I think. That was really the one of the first uh, mo- modern next gen games where everyone was like, "Oh my god, look at the the detail in the food." That's kind of like like a Hayao Miyazaki like film. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think since then it's quite like a norm now to see that mm-hmm. level of detail in food in games, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great. Like you, you know, like I think it's encouraged people to make that level of detail, which is which is cool. But I never get hungry like- whenever I see food. I think there will there will be one game I think that will challenge us on this is which is probably Cuisiner if you guys have seen that one. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Game. That that Sean, game, yeah. like the food in that game, is really really pretty. hundred percent. I leave it to a Southeast Asian right to <laughs> to make food look super pretty and make us like salivate over it. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of speaking of Southeast Asian devs like uh, the folks that are making uh, Cuisiner, mm. uh, June. Would you mind? Would you mind telling us a little bit about your team? So, okay, so we've established we've known each other for a bit. Actually, yeah, yeah. quick question before that: How did you get to know Reno? That's a, that's another fascinating one that I. What was your first interaction? Holy shit! Yeah, that I think a it's good uh, question. okay. So I think straight up, it's because uh, she appeared on a couple of your streams, and then like, uh, it turns out she plays Genshin, and I play Genshin, <laughs> but I'm like really bad at it. But I, I was like, okay, maybe this is a person who I can like uh, check out and learn more about Genshin from, and she was like super like uh, uh, welcoming in her in the Twitch community, <laughs> and so I just dropped a bunch of questions that I think she answered. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh yeah, she's super cool. Uh, but that was that was really it. like it was through you and through like one of your joint streams, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What were was... uh, what were first impressions? You know. As of, cool of, of the both of you, or like individually, because <laughs> both of you together, I'm like, what the hell is this? This is the worst <laughs> combination yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. But it's funny. 
So that's why I kept watching. It was I like a car crash. I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we'll take that. Yeah. I, I mean, Ar- you're super cool, but like, yeah, together you're just hilarious. I think Arif is asking because I, I was really welcoming and super nice to Jun when he talked about Genshin on my stream. And I yeah, was yeah. like roasting Arif to no end when he was on my stream showing me his account on Genshin. Yeah, that's, that's so, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna come to Reno's room and be like, "Yeah, how do I add this little cup to this my Dendro character to make his critical rate zero point zero 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 five better than this item or whatever?" Like you other, you know, all the other Genshin nerds that are in there, and I'm looking it's, at the both of you. It's not you know I mean? a Genshin. It's like it's it's pure logic. Like what you did, like I keep saying, it, what you did was like you gave your Charmander a water stone. Like what is Charmander gonna do with a water stone? That was literally what you did to your character. But if Charmander can survive with a water stone, he's fine. All right, like. <laughs> Just let him live with his water stone. He doesn't have to be a Charmeleon. Leave my Genshin characters alone. <laughs> um, All right. No, right. Go ahead, go Sorry, ahead. back to back to the topic. I know you we were just getting to know Jun a bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, but Jun, I, I think like for I think we did a little bit of an uh, an intro, but we really wanted to have you on the show because part of the part of the 20M podcast for us is to talk about the Southeast Asian game space as well and the things and, and our friends that are making some good work uh, yeah. out there. But um, maybe to get uh, into the specifics, you know, you said you work with a lot of Southeast Asian developers, especially on the side of uh, Xbox. But what 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 exactly do you and your team do here in the region? And uh, right. I, I think it's beautiful and I think it's amazing. But to those to those that don't know the you know what's happening behind the scenes here in Southeast Asia, what do you and your team do? Right. So uh you know, we are a relatively new team at Xbox. We're a, a team called the Global Expansion Incubation Team. Uh it literally was formed at the start of last year. And our goal is to go out to new markets that we see incredible potential in that uh, Xbox may not have previously given as much love and attention to in such a uh, like a focused manner, um, and this includes markets like Southeast Asia, uh, India, Africa, and then we've also got Korea, like sort of rolled into that mix. Although, like Korea is actually quite an established market, mm-hmm. uh, but we essentially go to these markets and like try to build uh, like a very strong foundation of relationships and like sort of uh, uh, support that we can give to developers so that they can be encouraged about working on Xbox. Um, and so for me personally, you know, my job is like kind of spin to like three or four like categories. Uh, first is discovery, right? So I, I go out and like look for new games, new to Xbox developers and new to Xbox games. Uh, people who've never worked with Xbox before and who have, who have interest. And then, you know, I hit them up or they reach out to me and then we sort of engage. And then I help give them a sort of rundown on what, that, what, what to expect if they were to join Xbox as a developer. And then help them sign up to the ID at Xbox program, which is our independent uh, program, right? So that's like what I part one of my job. And then, you know, engaging and, and supporting developers on an ongoing basis is like another bulk of it, which means on a daily basis, like I'm being hit up by developers asking about like, hey, how can I get dev kits or like, mm-hmm. how can I get, uh, you know, resources around like uh, developing for this platform or how do I get on with cert process? If I don't have all the answers, the rest of the team at Xbox do, and I sort of like connect the dots and make sure that they are uh, in the best position to like get their game across the finish line and like mm-hmm. launched, right? And then uh, the other part of the, my job is to uh, figure out how to help these games be successful. So uh, I work with the devs to understand what's their launch plans like, look at their marketing plans and their marketing mix and their campaign strategy, and figure out how can Xbox play a role. So 
I bring in the marketing teams and and help them uh, to lay out all the marketing assets to make sure that they launched in the right way. So like with the Space of the Unbound, which came out just not too long ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I worked with uh, Toge and I worked with Chorus Worldwide uh, to make sure that all the assets are in place. And I worked with the marketing team internally to understand, okay, where can we place all these beats? Like, uh, you know, we've got an Xbox Wire article or we got like the ID Xbox YouTube channel and things like that. And then making sure that, uh, they all come out uh, in the right ways so that uh, the game gets the most exposure. And then it's also the long tail around that. Like, so how do I take it to shows like Taipei Game Show, which is coming out next week? Mm-hmm. Or like uh, make sure that they get called out at our sh- various showcases throughout the year so that... So it's a lot of my work is like lobbying internally with the right mm-hmm. teams who like arrange and organize a lot of these other major marketing moments and making sure that uh, Southeast Asia games get like as much love and attention um, but it's also on the flip side, making sure that uh, I understand what they want to do and help them do it. And then last but not least, it's also just proliferating like the word of Xbox, right? Like making sure that the market and like the region understands uh, what Xbox is here to help with. And then like working with association groups like Agi from Indonesia or SGGA from Singapore, or MDEC from Malaysia to like figure out how can we work together to like just uplift the industry as a whole. So it's a full-time job. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's so fascinating, but I think it's also like props to you. And I know uh, Ling is part of the team yes. and a couple other uh, yeah. folks that I've met over the past like year or so. But I just want to tell everybody here that, you know, when uh, I've seen you guys at shows, it's hilarious because like, you know, whether it be like Gamescom Asia or like or Level Up KL or whatever have you, it's like you guys are on the ground just perpetually talking to developers. You know, the yes. only time I see you not uh, talking to developers is when we're eating Shake Shack. Or, like, <laughs> that's serious business. <laughs> yeah, that's you don't mess with our with our burgers. Yeah. Um, or, or yeah, it's like literally just eating for lunch, right? Or it's like at the end of even at the end of the day, I feel like you're hanging out with the developers. And then my thing was like, I remember it was so weird to see Southeast Asian games on Xbox way back, mm. or you wouldn't really see them on Xbox, let yeah. alone mm. you know other major consoles, uh, whether it be PlayStation or Nintendo. But sure. now it seems like almost the norm. The amount of Southeast Asian games that are being supported on you know these kinds of platforms. But then, like you said, the fact that I don't know. I saw Sarah Bond tweet about a space for the unbound. Like that's like just small things like that. That's amazing. Right. Where Mm -hmm. it's like all these little touches. Um, Yeah. I just think like props to you. I think it's amazing. Like, you know, I, the, the, the the truth is, you know, like uh, Xbox has paid attention to Southeast Asia in the past, even before I joined the role. So uh, for instance, if space for the unbound was like supported by our, uh, you know, one of our fund programs uh, in the past. And so like, Mm -hmm. it's, it was there's always been like an an awareness to to the to this to the market mm-hmm. i think the the difference the only difference now is that i'm just super biased to southeast asia <laughs> so like i've told everyone internally that uh you're going to just hear this incessant gnat in their ear like i'm just this going to be this whiny mosquito that's just going to talk about southeast asia nonstop and like any t- chance i get i'm just going to bring it up so they they're, they're now more than aware and i think uh you know, we're just going to continue doing that until such a point where uh, they're going to just fall in love with Southeast Asia. I think that is so important, though, like having someone like you who is from the region, who obviously like grew up here, you walk the yeah. walk, you talk the talk. And like you said, like they it's not something that just happened overnight, just as you came into the role. Xbox was looking in the region, but I think putting people on the ground and like really like backing that with with um, members and, and funding and things like that, that's when For you sure. really show like you're, you're actually supporting the region and it's not just like, you know, talking. 
Hundred uh, percent. But I mean, the biggest thing that everyone tells me when I first joined was, uh, at least on the dev side, is that oh my god, there's someone in our time zone now, so they don't have to like do calls with our US team at like the middle of the night, like one or two a.m. or like you know like at six a.m. in the morning our time, and so like uh, you know they're just so happy that now they can talk at like normal hours of the day. So mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, but it's like maybe also what reno said it's so cool because i know uh you also come from it's not like you started at xbox and this is your first foray into games like you've had a little mm -hmm. bit of a career in the entire industry right but yes. um i also understand that it's also I, I don't know i think it's like this beautiful thing where we're seeing a lot more southeast asian games out there so southeast asians can tell their stories but to me it's also just ridiculously cool to have southeast asians handling southeast asian accounts mm -hmm. right yes. so i and, and look props to global teams and props to all the people at the sure. uh, you know for xbox maybe your, your larger team and whatnot but to be able to have like a first point of contact being you know june from singapore right who yeah. he's gonna fly down to singapore he's gonna i mean he's gonna fly up to malaysia he's gonna go to taipei he's gonna go to a bunch of these things like to me that is such a cool uh thing because as opposed to somebody else who's not from you know flying into uh the region not mm -hmm. from the region not understanding these like maybe cultural i, I don't know do, maybe a question for you gene is like when you're talking to regional developers mm -hmm. like is there are there things where it's like because i'm southeast asian that makes these conversations kind of easier like because you know you're like you don't get weirded out by the foods that we eat like it's like all right <laughs> we can all go get like not Shake Shack. I know Shake Shack is pretty <laughs> national, but like, you know what I mean? Dude, yeah. our obsession with Shake Shack is uh, is on another <laughs> level, which... Uh, this yeah, podcast I mean, is brought to you by... Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day we will get the Shake Shack sponsorship and that would everything be will be just in this world. That would be amazing. Uh, no, I, I, I think it's great that you pointed that out. Like, uh, shout out to uh, my hiring manager, my boss, Agnes, you know, who like sort of like uh, got me... Uh, the opportunity to come on board the team and also Ling. Uh, but I think like both Ling and I, like one one thing I realize is it's not just the fact that we're Southeast Asian or like that we're from the region that makes it a lot easier for us to relate and speak with a lot of the people here. But it's also because we have quite authentic uh, backgrounds in the gaming space, like in our careers. Like Ling was a game developer before she worked at Xbox. And she was at 2K previously. So okay. she understands and she spent a lot of time in Indonesia. So she knows a lot of the Indonesian devs uh, personally. And so like, you know, her like sort of network and her relatability and her, her friendliness allows her to like go out and just make those connections really, really easily. And then for me, like, you know, I've spent a lot of time on the consumer side with Razer and then uh, with game developer at Riot and then. Uh, platform with meta so like you know i've kind of like seen a bunch of different things in my time and uh, that has given me like sort of the perspective where like i know what it takes to launch a game and make it a success and i just want to see that be the case for a lot of like the mm -hmm. smaller developers who are just coming up with the games that they have and they, that they love to share with the world um and i think uh i'm just i'm just so glad that uh you know the team at HQ and our boss Agnes recognized that when they hired us so that we're now in the position where we can do all those things for mm -hmm. the developers you know like I I've always feel like I need to be running 101 uh, kilometers an hour because you know like time is of an essence and like mm -hmm. now more than ever we need to do as much as we can so I'm glad we came in when we did basically 
Yeah, it sounds like there are so many layers to it. So firstly, there's like your background and your skill set in the games industry. There's your cultural background. But I think we can all agree is like your enthusiasm is so infectious. And like, I can't understate this because like I, I, when I stream, a lot of my community are from Southeast Asia, but they don't, they, it, maybe it's just because it's not something that's been around for a long time or they're not as aware of it, but they don't believe in the power of their own region. They're like, oh, you know, someone might be from Indonesia and they're like, oh, I didn't know there was an Indonesian game. Oh, like, I think it's going to suck. You know, they might just say stuff like that because they, don't, they aren't aware of what's actually out there. But right. to have like ambassadors from the big from the big companies, you know, Xbox is saying this is a good game. And it's like, oh, maybe I should check it out. It's like, wow, it's from my country, you know. So I think like having, yeah, yeah the, the big players like advocating for the region as well is just going to uplift everybody as a whole. Yeah, like it's a it's an ongoing conversation. I think like uh, you know a lot of the in the, the devs from this region actually want more local players playing their games because they do very well globally, like internationally, like Toge, Mojiken, and studios like that are like internationally recognized and they win awards overseas. But it's like how do we get more Indonesian players or players from this region playing their games? And it it's like an interesting uh, situation because as we know, like it's not like Southeast Asia is like lacking in in terms of the games industry as a whole because on the consumer side you know everyone here is playing valorant everyone here is playing like apex and things like that and overwatch so like i think what's happened is that uh international companies have done a very good job of like marketing to this region so that they can play their internationally made games but like now we need to be in a position where how do we do the same for locally made games and i think that's where the challenge and the fun of the the next few years will be, mm-hmm. yeah. It's so I I love it mostly because um, I know we've had these conversations whether it be at panels or different uh, different avenues before, right? Um, but I want to <laughs> I want to highlight something that uh, Rito brought up that I think is absolutely hilarious. But it's it's yeah yeah sure like uh, on the work that you're doing I think is amazing June and the team what you guys are bringing to the region is awesome. But to me it's these small touches where I obviously we follow each other on twitter but i know it's flipping hilarious whenever a game puts out a, a game from southeast asia puts out a trailer right mm. or a developer shares something about the game or something this the first comment is usually maybe like a friend of the developer or something like that mm-hmm. then the second comment is always june being like oh my god this is amazing this is <laughs> awesome you know and it's i mean it at a capacity of like xbox wants to support the hell out of your game or it's you know what i mean it's not like this corporate thing it's just i know that you are one of and i know reno knows doesn't know everybody who knows you in person knows it's like you were the biggest hype man in yeah, general yeah. and the fact that you're hyping up southeast asian games like every single time i'm about to retweet something or i'm about like oh that's a cool thing i see you in the comments already like, <laughs> screaming and shouting like by the side of the street here in southeast asia <laughs> like, giving out flyers yeah you know, like, you're like the proud dad of the Southeast Asian region. You're like, yes, uh, son, you can do it. Go, yeah. you know, at, at sports. <laughs> it's I'm so proud. But I'm also like, I'm just so genuine. And that's the, uh, I, the funny thing is that, first of all, I probably spend too much time on Twitter. That's like the, thing, <laughs> the takeaway I take from this. Like, I do have a problem. Like, I, I, I spend too much time on Twitter. Like, I have it open and it's nonstop for me. So I need to figure that out. Or maybe not. Um, uh, and then the second thing is that, like, yeah, like, I... I just like to share uh, about the games so much because a part of me is also like, it's not to do with like my career or anything. It's like, because when I was a kid, like I, I loved video games and I've always kind of like aspired to make video games. So it was, but like, I never knew the path to that. And of course, nowadays it's much easier to like develop games. Like you can mm-hmm. learn how to code and like how to make things on Unreal or Unity. But like, 
I always just had this thing where it's like, oh man, someone made a game. Like that's crazy. Like that's insane that someone made this. And like, so for me, like that's where my excitement and passion comes from because it's like, you know, that there are people out there like literally making video games and video games is one of the hardest things you can make in the world. Like I full stop, like I won't argue with anyone. Someone will say film, someone will say music. And I know I get it. Like, you know, all art forms are, are challenging, mm. but video games is just like, crazy because with the amount of things you need to think about from all perspectives and then putting it out in the world and hoping it hits it's it's insane you know so i will just do what i can to to mm -hmm. reshare retweet i don't have the biggest audience to be fair but like i I'll, i just like to to share share what i like you know <laughs> I, I, that's so genuine and i'm sorry i'm laughing that was actually a very, very beautiful yeah. response no. but to me it's like i just thinking about you just shouting like you know I mean? <laughs> yeah you know what i mean just like in the background um He's such a wholesome nope. dude we just such a wholesome dude thank follow, you for lighting yeah. yeah lighting up our days <laughs> um maybe last couple of things on xbox before we move on to a couple other things right is um is there uh i, I know you work with developers a lot but so is it safe to say, like, if you're a developer listening to this to this show, or if you happen to stumble upon um, wanting to figure out how they can get supported by Xbox, like, are you the go-to person? Like, how do you usually do? Do you reach out to developers? Your developers reach out to you? Like, what is that avenue usually? Hundred mm. percent. Like, so yeah. If I mean, if someone has a game that they're really keen on sharing with us and thinks that they want to make uh, make it happen or go at it like globally or like commercially, yeah, feel free to reach out. Uh, I don't do have a very don't do a good job of like, you know, like putting myself or like our channels out there, but you know, like, yeah, feel free to hit me up or Ling, uh, or, you know, like go to Xbox directly. And then, um, from there, either you're routed to me or like, uh, yeah, somehow it'll get, we, to we, we're going we, to, we're going to, we're, we're actually working on this. Uh, it's a piece where it's like, okay, how do we make sure that people know who to, to reach out to exactly? And like, with a platform and all that but until mm -hmm. then like it's just the more i shout hopefully the more people uh will share about uh what we do yeah i know i do a thing whenever there's like uh an indie dev that i work with and i'm like have you talked to the xbox team it's like oh i don't know how to get connected they're like dude just Damn. like i'll text june right now you <laughs> like i'm sure they want i i guarantee june wants to talk you know what I mean? yes 100 yeah, yeah. um, percent. happy to talk to anyone and you know feel free to like hit them up yeah and then like maybe another maybe this could be a, a segue unless uh, Rena wants to jump in with anything here is like so what are the what are some games in the region that like you look super fondly of whether it be games that you've worked with or supported or like things that you've been eyeing because i know we talk a lot about southeast asian games and we, we mm -hmm. get hyped up about so many games or, but there have there been any games or teams that have just like completely impacted you or uh, that you're so excited to yes um, to, to experience their their art forms oh man i i have a long list and I actually like. I, I by the way, like the funny I know thing you is, do. yeah. And I I have a like personal list, and I have the I have my work list, and like I'm constantly like transferring things from my work to personal list. Uh, but like you know, like uh, I'm a big fan of the work that Digital Happiness do, like the guys yeah. who do Dread, Dread Out, you know that series. Uh, more so from like a perspective of like they they hit it big when you know the YouTubers played that game. Uh, like, you know, PewDiePie and Markiplier, they've all loved that game. And it sort of, like, set the stage for the benchmark of, like, what horror games from the region in terms of, like, that sort of double-A to triple-A budget can look like. And so they've got new games coming out, like uh, Dread Haunt, which is their, like, sort of, like, take on Dead by Daylight. Um, and then, of course, they've got Graveless, which they announced. Which looks so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks so good. 
it's like that the action rpg diablo-esque third person mm-hmm. so that that looks that they, they they've got some really cool stuff under their belt 100 percent. of course uh you know our friends over at battle brew making cuisineer uh i think that's like it's such a cute looking game but i think it 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 underlies such a lot of like interesting mechanics around like uh restaurant management and like uh, like sort of haiti style the like roguelikes um great like combination uh not not the first to be done obviously but i think with battle Brew's sort of like pedigree around like that sort of art style but also like sean's like crazy brain for like uh <laughs> weeb- weebdom and like you know he he's yeah. a proud uh card carrying weeb mm-hmm. as some of us are like i i know i am um like you know it's it's something that he will like translate into a, a really incredible game so like mm-hmm. i think uh, that, from my perspective, is something that I'm very excited for. Um, what else? What else? I think is very interesting that some you guys may have not heard of. I'm sure you've seen Volunteer: The Ascension from the Philippines, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that looks really interesting because that's like a pla- like a 2D side-scrolling action RPG that's got like sort of a lot of aspirations in Genshin and things like that, where it's like you have a party system where you can like tag team. Uh, play uh, like other party members to help with your fights um, but it's an open world that you can explore at your own pace and like you know it unlocks different places side quests and things and it's just really colorful uh volunteer ascension is is definitely one i'm i've been looking out for a lot um and then last but not least you know i gotta give a shout out to uh, rhythm doctor you know i think mm. uh although that game is like not has been out for some time i think the one thing that always interests me is rhythm games because uh, it's it's a genre that's p- picking up more steam. And of course, with mm-hmm. Hi-Fi Rush uh, just being released and then obviously the conversations around No Straight Roads and of course, uh, you know, things like that. Um, I, I think the music rhythm genre has a lot more potential and like uh, what 7B Games is doing with Rhythm Doctor is really, really special because of how accessible it is but also how just ingeniously creative with the pixel art and the narrative storytelling and like the user generated content. So I, I'm always super excited to see what Hafiz and the team do. I think it's, uh, I was thinking about this yesterday because obviously I know we want to talk about uh, a space for the unbound, but yes. there's been like three to piggyback off of like these amazing developers. There's mm. probably been like three and, and I, I've played so many Southeast Asian games, right? But there's been like three games that have made me feel like like I've fallen in love with the video game medium all over again. Damn. And uh, one of them was Rhythm Doctor, and I played that very recently. Yeah. And I think I've told this story a couple times on a couple of different avenues, and I and I even wrote about it. I think for an article for uh, Kakacha Puree. But there's this one segment, and Reno, have you played Rhythm Doctor? By the way? No, but I saw um, I saw you talking about it. So okay. I was like, yeah, you you streamed it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I streamed it. Maybe for those that don't know, it's basically like you have to hit. It's a whole game where it's like on the seventh beat, you should you click the space bar. So it's a one click rhythm game, um, and it just, it follows a bunch of like short stories and whatnot. And it's like quite funny and quite beautiful. But there's this one segment that I don't want to spoil for people. But when you get to it, you get to it. Where I was like, this can only be articulated in the medium of video games like you can't do this in film you can't do this in books you can't do this in any other medium it is just the epitome of why video games are amazing storytelling devices interactive devices but also just beautiful pieces of art and it's so shocking it's so beautiful and i think uh 
yeah, I just gush about that one moment where I was like, wow, this is one of the best video game moments I've ever had. Um, mm -hmm. And the fact that it comes from a, you know, a Malaysian developer and, you know, Hafiz is a brilliant dude. Uh, yeah, I, I'll definitely echo, echo that. Awesome game. Yeah, we should get Hafiz on the show. You know what I mean? What are we doing talking <laughs> in June here? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Reno, anything else you want to know about Xbox or anything else before we move on? No, I think that was a pretty good pretty good summary. And I think it's also a really good segue into the main game that we all want to talk about. I know like I've been I've been jumping up and down about it. It's it's actually really tough because I unfortunately like I talk to Arif like every single day, whether oh, it's gosh. like WhatsApp, Sorry Discord, <laughs> Twitter, we Bondi now as well. Oh my god, Bondi. <laughs> I know that's another topic for another conversation. But basically we've just we agreed that a space where the unbound was like off topic, like taboo until until the podcast, because we really wow. wanted to get all our feelings out organically here and nice. with, with you there as well. So no, I'm I'm very excited um for, for this conversation to unfold. Yeah. Um do you but want to yeah. kick us off? Like, because like maybe just the ground rules for people that are watching. I don't think we're going to be spoiling a space for the unbound, right? We'll no. do like a spoiler-free kind of thoughts. But we've also all have finished a space for yes. the unbound. So we've which... all finished it. Yeah, go ahead, it... take it away. Okay, so so the game I think was launched on I think it was January nineteenth or twentieth. Uh, I guess depending on your time zone. Um, I guess full disclosure, Arif and I uh, were part of the streamer week, which mean which meant we got the game early and we got to stream it slightly i think like a couple of days before um the rest of the world so people could check it out and then um june i know you're also credited in the game so you've had some involvement with getting them up already on the developer side as you mentioned before but basically it's a pixel art style kind of side scrolling semi-visual novel but also like action adventure game that's set in 90s rural indonesia i believe it's inspired by surabaya specifically which is where Mojiken, the developer is from and it kind of um, focuses on two teenage characters. So you've got Atma and you've got Raya. Um, and they are, I think, about to graduate from school. So it's kind of like that coming-of-age moment that's very classic in anime, right? You're about to become an adult. What do you want to do? Hopes and fears, things like that. So they come up, they've come up with like a bucket list of things that they want to do um, together. And from there, I think the story just kind of expands into many surprising ways. Um, there is a big twist at the end, big or small, you know, depending on how people interpret it. But it's just about how I think they find themselves discovering who they are and discovering, I guess, more about Loka City, which is where they're from, and meeting other side characters. No, it's it's a very beautiful, sweet game. Yeah. Great summary. Dude, that was like <laughs> they should hire you. What is like you should take over Sarah's job or Lala's job or something over there at Toge, you know what I mean? It's not like, say you that should too just loudly. sell the game. We just became friends. <laughs> 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 no, but the team the team have been so lovely to work with. Even like on the streamer side, um, I also wrote an article about it. And then just as you know, some as a gamer, someone who played their game, like they they're such a great team. They clearly love, you know, telling stories about Indonesia. It took them, I think it was eight years to make the yeah. game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can really feel like all of those eight years, like every single day, every single moment has really led up to this point where they've released this this stunning beautiful game well, you, yeah. i know you wrote you, you wrote some words um you wrote an article about it uh i i think a lot of people should read that article i'm sure we can pop it up here or we can put it mm -hmm. in the description somewhere right but um what were some uh, uh sam because i know you're quite critical of games or i know <laughs> i don't know if that's the, the right way to put it but I just, i'm so mm -hmm. curious what were some of like your key takeaways from 
um, the space for the unbound because mm-hmm. I know like as somebody who's Southeast Asian as well, it's such it's so fascinating to hear those kinds of perspectives mm-hmm. because I, I I played the game early, right? Like I played yeah. the beta build, but I know this was your first time kind of experiencing it. I just wanted mm-hmm. to hear some of your some of your thoughts on it. Um, well, I guess like to to kind of sum up my entire experience, I was playing it um, as part of Streamer Week, and then I think around the time the game launched, like like I'm just like an idiot, or I was like, oh, I should probably write about this. It was kind of like just this thought I had in my head, and I went to my editor and I was like, hey, uh, this is game, can I write about it? So this is this is for Games Hub, and at the, by that time, like all the embargo had been lifted, so a lot of people had written about the written about the game already. So I was kind of nervous that my editor wouldn't buy it. But because he'd heard about it and he he's also very passionate um, about um, supporting like smaller regions, even though Games Hub is based in Australia, he was like, yeah, cool, like just take your time with it and, and whatever. So I did have kind of the benefit of reading some of what other journalists were saying about it. And it's not a critique on anyone's interpretation or how they enjoyed the game. Um, but it was clearly a different experience to what I had playing it. Like they, a lot of people like the pixel art, which is great. A lot of people like the nostalgia. There's you know elements of like other vintage games in there that you know I'm sure we'll talk about as well. But I felt that they were missing the second, the third, the fourth layer to it, which is very very Southeast Asian. And it's not any fault of anyone. It's just if you're not from here, you just you just can't get it. You know, for sure. Um, like I think the thing that I keep talking about, which is just <clears throat> my favorite bit is just when the game kind of like locks you into spaces because it's like you can't advance to the next story. They put like little roadblocks. And there's this one scene where there's like a bulldozer or something. And oh, it's just yeah. parked in the middle of the road, like like nobody's business. And I'm like, this is so Southeast Asian. <laughs> That's true. And like um, there was another scene where you're trying to get past, but there's like something blocking and you can't see all of it, but you're in a housing area. You can see like the, the canopy Oh, and yeah. you can see the ketupat hanging there. And I'm like, this is a wedding. And this is exactly what happens. You're trying to drive and your parents are getting so mad. They're like, you're, you're, they're like you know, talking to them something like, your grandfather owns the road. Like, you know, I can't get through. And I'm like, this is... But, you, but these are just things that it, if you don't get it, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the game. But if you do get it, you're like, this is me. This is my experience. This is my life. So I think what I was trying to achieve with my article was just presenting that side of it and saying um it's not that i'm trying to interpret it very specifically in one way it's just this is how i saw it because of how i grew up you know yeah no i I thought your article was really really incredibly uh poignant for that um and i know we spoke about it like briefly on like whatsapp and and things but i i think my my take on like game criticism is that uh no there's no right answer in in my personal view like you know people have opinions and like they can be polarizing at times, but I think uh, the lens through which the writer or the the critique sees a game is the most important thing, and how that comes across authentically. And so yours was very authentically yours, and I think uh, that's that adds another like sort of uh, brick to the mosaic of the of all the coverages that uh, you know Space for the Unbound got uh, that is uniquely different from people who are just talking about it as a game and like how it's a great game and all, and all that. So I think uh, that's kudos to you for that. I think like I got pretty, whilst we're on this one, I, I got pretty, I'm quite conflicted because one, I absolutely adore that this game is getting covered by major international outlets, some some of uh, my favorite journalists in the entire industry, right? Not just here in Southeast Asia. Um, but I, I think I felt the same way as Reno did. It's like, I think 
I, even from some of the Southeast Asian publications that I've read reviews from, it's like there's a there's mentions of like it being a Southeast Asian game or some small references here and there, but it doesn't fully contextualize it. And mm. I just think this is such a fascinating thing and why I also think the game is so beautiful is that it can resonate in so many different ways, whether it be like sure. anime references, like a lot of Japanese yep. culture, if you will, but also to a mass audience because I know... Um, there's this one. There's this one moment in the game where I was like, I don't think anybody would get this unless you're from this region or maybe like this specific part of the region. Where it was the kid who uh, you have to space dive uh, into his mind and like uh, balance out the foods. So mm. he like oh, he's, yeah, yeah, he yeah. just really wants to eat chocolate. He just really wants to <laughs> oh, eat yeah, fast yeah. food. But the whole yeah. mini game is that you have to balance it out with healthy foods so that mm-hmm. he'll rediscover the beauty of like healthy eating. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and then one of the little things was that like there's a bunch of like different dishes on the table, mm-hmm. and then it was like fruits, and then I think a spicy sauce or something. And I'm like, oh, this oh, is yes. roja, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 that yeah, makes yeah. so much sense to me because this is a food that I'm so inherently familiar with with my culture, yeah. right? Or being from so Southeast true. Asia, and I'm like. That instantly, it like made sense to me, right? It's like, oh, you just mm-hmm. put those things together, it makes sense, right? Um, and then I was like, huh, I wonder if a non-Southeast Asian is playing this. They would actually have to go through the actual mini game and like balance out the uh, out. Yeah, yeah. weights or like look into the yes, different foods or whatever. Point. But the second thing I wanted to mention is like, I felt so incredibly happy that they didn't tone down the Southeast Asianness of this game. So yeah. for example, when you're opening pieces of paper in the game, it would still be in Bahasa Indonesia, mm-hmm. but they would like translate it via the text, if you will. Sure. But you're reading text and on the signs on the in the background, it's all uh, it's all Indonesian, you know, and they mm-hmm. really don't shy away from it. Or even small things like explaining that we call everybody uncle or auntie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Here in it the region. Is. It's yeah. just so beautiful to me that those things are representative of this game where they don't shy away from it. But at the same time, I don't think it alienates non-Southeast Asian players. Um, uh, June, I know uh, you've also played it. Do, do any of those things kind of like resonate with you? But also like, what are your thoughts on the game? And the experience? Oh, oh, I mean, look, I, I really love the game. Uh, just genuinely, I think uh, in the sort of span of uh, the last few years when it comes to narrative games, I think it does something incredibly unique and accessible by making it uh, not like a traditional style visual novel experience, but like one where, you know, there's a lot of like uh, experiences you can have as a player where you are in control of the direct control of the character, but at the same time uh, tells the story uh, in such a unique way that allows for it to be really engaging, right? Like I think that the challenge with this the genre, the narrative adventure is that, uh, you know, there are a lot of traditional ways you can tell that, like, you know, forms of like visual novels and things like mm-hmm. that. So the way they've done it is makes it super unique. But I think it's also, as you guys all mentioned, uh, the South- Southeast Asian thing mm-hmm. uh, and take transporting people, which I think is really cool because it's like, it's kind of an isekai, mm-hmm. but like it's an isekai for the players because uh, they're tra- tra- transported into a different world. But it's also an isekai for the main character for various narrative reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the same time, the character is also familiar with that space. So it's like this weird juxtaposition of like that that character, that main character you play at, he like he's from that place. But at the same time, he's also not from that place because of reasons. And so uh, that is a very interesting narrative device that I think uh, is used to great effect. So, you know, all in all, like I think uh, it's a really engaging game and all the way through. They were right when Toge and uh, Sarah told me that you will cry. She was not wrong, uh, you know. So you know, I was bawling my eyes out too. Um, but I also just uh, love to see the growth of like Toge and Mojiken Studios in terms mm-hmm. of the 
the depth of their storytelling chops, uh, as well as the way they told the story and the mechanics. And like, so I'm very excited to see what they do next already, because I know that they have the capacity to play on this level uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of like the great, the indie greats, right? So uh, all in all, I'm just blown away by, by the quality of the game. Did, did you cry, Rita? I just needed that yeah. poll here. I, I have not met anyone who has played yeah. the game to the end and has not and has not cried. Like, this is, like, for me, like, I think Arif is really familiar with this phrase of mine, which is, like, I'm, like, so inspired, I'm depressed. It's, like... Oh, my God. It, what? It's, like, it's, like, it's that feeling, like, I've, I've had this feeling with game, with shows like Arcane, um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, now oh, Space yeah. Union Bound, where... Like, I'm so amazed at the work that they're doing. I just want to fall before the altar of whoever made it and be like, oh I, I, I'm not worthy. I can never, this is something I will never achieve in my lifetime. And that kind of amazes me and depresses me at the same time. Like, that's how I feel about a space for the amount. Like, just, there's just so many layers. Like, I think what we're all trying to get to is like, um, how they how they do use nostalgia, but because they take it from so many different angles, regardless of what background you're from, you just get it. So there's like, you know, the fact that it's set in Indonesia. So you're like, okay, the stalls and, and the, the way the houses look, it's very Southeast Asian. Then you go into the food level and it's like, okay, you, maybe you don't know the specific food because I know some of my um, people in my community who are from different parts of Indonesia, they actually didn't know what some of the food were in there because it was mm. so hyper local to Surabaya. And then there are other parts as well, like in the cinema, they play the cinema announcement before <laughs> you go in. And my, like, the Indonesians in my chat were, like, freaking out. Like, they were laughing so hard because it was, ex- they told me it's exactly what they say at the cinemas in Indonesia. And I'm like, I have no idea what that sounds like, but clearly you do. So that's another layer that even I'm not privy to, but they are, and like, they relate to that so hard. And oh, then, that's, um, that's really cool. That's and then, like, cool. the two, the two, so there's a part, in, in the cinema, they, they were showing two different movies that were up and you can kind of choose, right? So there's yep. one movie, which is like Terminator, which actually I, I it was Terminator inspired. And I wasn't sure if it was Robocop or Terminator, like when I first saw it, because those are two very iconic 90s era right. kind of films, like those robot films. And then the other one, um, which I still haven't found anyone else who knows this reference, except me and like one other person in my chat. It's the movie is called Adahati, which in English means, is there a heart? Is there a heart? But, yeah. But the poster is exact, like almost exactly inspired by um, Ada Appa Dengan Cinta, which is a very famous Indonesian mm. movie from the 90s. And that, that movie is like, what's up with love is, is mm. kind of the meaning. And you wouldn't get that connection. Yeah, you wouldn't get it unless you were there in the 90s seeing that poster. <laughs> you know, it's just wild. Like so, just so many ways. And again, not knowing something isn't going to inhibit your enjoyment of the game. Like it's just little, little easter eggs i suppose yeah my favorite thing was uh that's why i really wanted to stream it as well because some cultural references i would totally pick up but my favorite thing was seeing people freak out in chat like i I can't remember what it was specifically but sometimes oh it was the bottle caps where sometimes you would pick up bottle caps and be like oh my god that's actually a joke because it's this drink that we used to drink like back in the 90s Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh i didn't have that here in in kuala lumpur but like that's awesome you know um but on a larger note i just think it's Again, that is my favorite thing about this game, where there's so many things that are so hidden and are so Southeast Asia specific that only enhances somebody's experience. Like, if you're from Southeast Asia, it only enhances your experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't, like, implore people to play this game enough. But maybe also going back to a larger note is like, yeah, dude, see, this is, like, 
they are at the top of their game, in my opinion, where I've known uh, Mojikin and Toge for about two years now. And one of my favorite games of all time was their previous title, When the Past Was Around. Like, that to me is just the perfect, perfect game. And it's the most me game ever. And I was like, wow, they are on to something. And you can tell with their previous titles with Sheen the Lightbearer and, you know, Raven Monologue and a couple of the other ones. They're like, they're still growing as a developer. At this one, the moments where I bawled my eyes out is because it's not only story it's not only dialogue, it's not only art, it's not only music, it's so many of these things are working in perfect harmony mm-hmm. to create like this beautiful, beautiful, like overwhelming sense of emotion. And I'm like, that is, this is a video game developer at the top of their game. And mm-hmm. to me, June, I, th- I had the exact same thought. I was like, if this is what they can do, and I know it took a long time for them to develop this, but if this is what they could do, I am going to be mind blown of their next project, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so that's one level of it. But then on another level, again, full disclosure, it's like where I know three of us have gotten to know a lot of the folks out there uh, quite well. And I know some of the folks I'm, I'm happy to call friends, but I had this super weird moment when the intro credits were rolling and it's this beautiful moment. There's music playing and it's like, it's very sad, but it's also like quite beautiful. It's an interesting, um, interesting that's happening. But then you start seeing names pop up of uh, developers and it was like seeing Dimas's name, right? Or seeing Rina's name or seeing Sarah. I just like, I also cried in that moment because to me, it's like, I know these people that are making this game love video games and they love the art that they're putting out. And I couldn't have been more proud of them. So even at the ending credits when they were rolling, it's like, I cried one because of the story, but two, because like, I'm so flipping proud of the Mojikin and Togi team. It's like insane that they are operating at this level. Like this is like, to me, this is like a masterclass in indie video game making. There's so Mm -hmm. many of this that could be like dissected and pulled apart, but um, yeah, there's so many reasons why. Um, I I cried. Uh, like even the the Fami reference, um, which was new for me. I know that was a very mm-hmm. um, important moment for them to have. And I guess for a context for listeners or people who are a little bit unfamiliar, uh, Fami, who is the creator of Coffee Talk, um, used to be part of Toge Productions and obviously mm-hmm. Coffee Talk, one of the biggest indie games, not only biggest Southeast Asian games, biggest indie games of the past like mm-hmm. couple of years, took the world by storm. Um, he sadly passed away. Uh, was it a, a year ago? Last year. Um, and he was a giant in this industry and it's like i mean june you know we know you know it's like one everybody talks about coffee talk but i know so many people in this industry in the southeast asian games industry have such fond memories of fami and say nothing but great things about him and he i think some people interpret you know uh, him being gone too early because he was kind of at the top of his game as well Mm -hmm. um so just to have him immortalized in um a game like this which is also a game about you know that's very intimate that's about making sure that you tell that you're transparent about your feelings or even if the world is beating you down you kind of bring yourself back up i just thought it was such a beautiful moment which again i don't know how many people will get that reference but it's for right it's for us it's for the developers it's for the people in this in this ecosystem but it's also present in the game so yeah um it's just so beautiful yeah it's very heartfelt can we talk about the music because the music is amazing like like oh my god like i loved it so much every every piece just really really spoke to me there were you know, bits of like sort of melancholy, bits of that sort of wonder and mystery. Obviously, I'm not a musician, but it's like the the kind of vibe that because you need you need to sort of balance um, the vibe of like the day to day life in Indonesia. So there's some that's kind of a bit like Indonesian folk, which is like really cute. And then in the moments where you space dive, it's like you're going into this person's like subconscious. Like so, it's got these like really like airy notes. It kind of feels like. In, in a way, maybe maybe Arif will disagree with me on this, but it did remind me a little bit of like Kingdom Hearts. You know, just just that kind of music, 
where mm. like memory music i feel or like yep. that like music where you're suspended in, in midair that kind of that kind of that's the kind of like vibe i got from it and and some of it is just like i was like wow am i back in in like primary school am i in music class am i singing like rasa sayang like some of it is just like really it just felt really um local because a lot of it is instrumentals but there was some some of the songs i think a couple at the end had like yeah fast indonesian lyrics to it right yeah and yeah just every every piece just seemed to work for for the setting it's not even like just the lyrics it's the music itself is mm. like it sounds so indonesian it sounds so uh southeast asian at some parts right mm. and it's like that's representation to me right like somebody discovering that kind of music but yeah the, i thought the music was absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. yeah it's out on spotify it's, it's been on my repeat <laughs> for like the last week um other than the crying other than the story i feel like we have such fun things to say but um I, I don't know. I just think, again, this is such an important video game. And to me, this is kind of a hallmark in our industry as well. I think Coffee Talk is one of those games. And obviously, like you said, um, uh, there's a lot of developers before Coffee Talk as well that kind of like put the stepping stones here. Uh, I think I'm, I'm really excited to see where this kind of game ends up in the narrative for the rest of the year of like best games, best indie games or things like that. But there's like, I think this really elevates the entire industry where so many people are playing this game. People are really shining even a larger spotlight here. So I'm so excited. But um, well, any other final thoughts on uh, a space for the unbound as a whole from either of you? Okay, cool. I mean, I think I just wanted to say people should play the game. If that wasn't already very clear, but people should play a space for the unbound. 100%. <laughs> we're like all cried out all felt out like, yeah yeah the only thing I'll, I'll i'll add to this uh and i i'm looking at this from a macro lens because i'm always putting on my sca expansion head uh, hat right is that you know I, I i look at um markets like japan and korea who have obviously like succeeded immensely globally because of the j wave and the k wave and you know this has gone on for many many decades now obviously with anime and things like that but like I, I always think about like when it's like the Southeast Asian wave, right? And I think about like uh, music labels like 88 Rising, which has done immensely to put like Indonesia, but also Southeast Asia on the global scale. And I think very similarly about uh, teams like Toge and Emojikin and obviously all the supporters uh, who are doing the same thing uh, to put like Indonesian and Southeast Asian games on the map. Uh, so you know it's only just like up from here because uh i think the southeast asian wave is coming that's terrifying that's terrifying <laughs> like we're all just going to invade uh the the, the only the last sea thing wave. yeah the that, sea that, that sounds ter- yeah, that's that should that should be the name of this podcast huh? <laughs> the sea, the sea didn't we do, we workshop <laughs> that was, that was we one of the workshops yeah that was, was one of the names seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't like, judge us june don't judge june's us. face is like oh god <laughs> um, how do i leave this call <laughs> The the uh the only thing I'll say about a space for the unbound I guess is also like, again I'm very very proud of that team. I told them and similar to you June, I met Dimas and uh, Sarah and Chris at Level Up KL uh, late last year, and I was like guys, I cried during the beta, and I didn't expect to cry like that. I and I've already played this game, and I swear if I cry again during my second playthrough when you guys fully launch the game, I'm gonna be so pissed at you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's been like an inside joke between whether it be like. Yeah, Sarah or Joanna or whoever else at Togi or whatever. It's like, oh, will RF cry again? I bawled my flipping eyes out. And if this is the their trajectory where every Mojikin game is gonna make me like cry like a baby, I'm so I'm so just blatantly happy for them. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you have achieved 
high arts. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't uh, uh, recommend this one enough. It's a very special game, and I really hope everybody um, takes away as much as they take away as we did. But speaking of takeaway, do you guys remember like takeaway boxes way back in the day? Do you remember like back? Do they in the not 90s exist anymore? Well, like, talk, what are you talking about? No, but I'm talking about styrofoam specifically. Ones? Yeah, Have styrofoam takeaway from... boxes. Yeah, they still exist. What are you talking about? You actually like, I don't think styrofoam takeaway boxes exist. Anymore. Absolutely, the white, the white ones, right? That pop yeah. open. Yeah. No, they don't exist anymore. What do you That's mean? Like, like Arif only eats at cafes. That's what why. laws are these? Like environmental laws, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I grabbed like two t last week or the week before. No, they're in plastic now, or they're like hard paper. They're, there's no more styrofoam takeaway boxes. I'm they are. pretty sure they're. Pretty sure they are. Y'all are crazy, this, this, and y'all are non environmentalists. This is telling more about your eating, your lifestyle, Arif. Yeah. Than anything else. <laughs> Damn. Someone so atas. So atas, yeah. That was supposed to be a segue of like, what are the things from the '90s that we like fondly remember of? But I guess styrofoam boxes exist now. <laughs> and speaking of that, like '90s, like I was like, I don't know, like I was definitely a little bit older than you guys to remember the '90s. I don't know about you guys. I was deep in the '90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bestow us, like, let's yeah, do because I, I know we want to do a fun one. Tell us, uh, Father. Rito. Give us, give us advice about how the '90s really were. <laughs> I was uh, around too. I was around too. I don't know how how sentient and conscious I was, but I was around. Sentient <laughs> <laughs> and conscious. You only gain consciousness at like age twelve or whatever. Or something. Everything like, before that. Have I gained consciousness now? That's 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 another question. That's another question. True. <laughs> um, what were what were some of the ones that we had? Because like I know we wanted to just like reminisce on the nineties a bit. Um, mm -hmm. I know June. You have some like crazy school day stories. Is it appropriate if I ask you about your like time yeah. in the in the in the longkang, you know what I mean? In the, oh like, my god, what, yes. The time, your time in the longkang? Why does it, yeah. was it like an extended period of time you were in I there? mean, like my <laughs> early days, like as a, in childhood was like playing badminton over the, the gates of yeah, our, yeah. you know, our home. Oh, houses, of course. Obviously. Of course. And then like, uh, you know, in Malay, in KL, like there was these drains that were like so huge and we would play football and like the, like literally just the padang and then the ball would fall into the longkang and you'd have to like literally crawl into it and it's like a oh it's like, like a big skinny. one right yeah it's a huge one you're, you're scaling like, it like 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 yeah. james bond style <laughs> yeah yeah you have to and then you're like literally your arms and the legs are like you can't like off like it's just like yeah you're like shimming down so like that was like my that was like my most fondest childhood memories that, that was your fondest childhood memory <laughs> absolutely shimming down the longkang yeah you know if there was like a big flood it would just your body would just be swept away i'll be gone in an instant <laughs> or like you know there's like snakes and shit in there like you know like yeah, they're yeah. actual like living creatures that can like harm you <laughs> but like we would never care about those things because we just wanted to get the ball back yeah. so you know like it was it was very like it was very very cool to to have at least have had that <laughs> growing up you know i i remember jude brought this up during it was a dinner or drinks that we were having and you were like yeah, yeah guys you used to crawl in the sewers like all the time and i'm like <laughs> yeah. you were like mario mario before he was cool <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah it, yeah i mean like it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like it was it was sounds very grimy but it, it was actually pretty all right like it wasn't yeah. i didn't remember the drains being like that dirty or anything mm -hmm. I, I actually will as much as i make fun of you i will echo that i know it's like playing outside was like also a big part of yeah. my childhood i think mm -hmm. most people's childhood but it would totally be like if the ball goes into the other 
like housing area and it's just like tall grass everywhere and it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. you know you got to get it out there or when it does fall in the drain and then the ball becomes like your football becomes a little bit wet and then it yeah. has like all the gravel and all the sand yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. wash the ball a little bit before you go back to play with your friends um but badminton over the fence that's a very that's a very that's southeast very asian one yeah. yeah 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 that's especially like how you get to know your neighbors or if you have cool neighbors then you can play badminton like over the fence oh, between yeah. you and your next door neighbor that's true yeah. it was a good time yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's even like um, I would go over to my neighbors' houses to play things like the the, con- the video game consoles that I wouldn't have. So I never had a, uh, mm. I had the SNES, but I never had like a GameCube. And I remember I would like go to f- like other people's houses, like in mm-hmm. the neighborhood, just like, oh, you have a GameCube? Let's play some Smash Bros. You know what I mean? Damn. Or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. things like that. You know what I mean? Oh man, like for me, like it was also like if you're talking about games in the '90s, it was going to all these like dingy malls in Malaysia, where like you go and you buy the cartridges and it had like 101 games. Oh yeah, like, because yeah. I I I I had the original SNES. I I'm pretty sure it was a bootleg one, but like but like because you could plug in the cartridge and then you could just play every single game that ever existed. My no. mine never had that, but the like Nintendo no, like the Game Boy ones where it was like Boy. a square cartridge that it's like yeah, yeah. tiny like yeah, square yeah, photos exactly. because they're like hundreds of games on one. It's cartridge. like yeah, but it's like it says like a thousand games in one, and then it's like twenty. They just repeat like the same twenty. Oh games, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a thousand. <laughs> it'll yeah. be called like Bomberman, and it'll be called like oh yeah, Man, Man with Bomb. Yes, and like Bomberman. 100%. Like, there's always like forty Bomberman games. I'm yeah. like, they can't be this many Bomberman. Games. <laughs> and it's like Bubble Bubble, but like repeat it yeah 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 just yeah just change the name but i do go ahead go ahead no i do have this like one story so like in primary school um so i i think i had astro which was like cable tv but then like my best friend um at the time like she didn't have it but she had a sister who would like sail the seven seas and get her like anime so for like the so for like the two years that we were friends and we were all we were i was always talking about rironi kenshin because it was on oh my god yes AXN. And, oh. yeah, and she was yeah. and she was always talking about Naruto because that was what her sister was downloading. But okay. like because I was I think I was never allowed to go to people's houses as a kid and she couldn't either. So for like four three or four years we t- we both talk at each other about our favorite show, but we like I didn't get to see Naruto's face until I was like fourteen and I had internet. <laughs> like I just kept hearing about this mythical character and she just kept hearing about my character, but because we, we never went to each other's houses, we didn't have the same tv or access to computers we just didn't know what, what like we were just describing to each other like what a 10 year old would think of this anime is but wow. we actually got to see it until like four years later she's like hey like i google searched that anime that you told me about when you when we were kids and like oh that's what it looks like, I'm like yeah so what what did, how did, did your expectation of naruto change when you saw <laughs> finally saw naruto for the first time oh it was more like she was a big fan of kakashi and she kept telling me oh, kakashi would yeah, yeah, kick yeah. Kenshin's ass like because I was like look he can do like the samurai like I don't know whatever move he does I can't remember yeah. now and she's like oh no but Kakashi has like the Sharingan so he can like yes. copy his move one second faster than Kenshin and therefore like he would beat him and it's like I, one day I will see this guy's face and see <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's like back in the day before technology was so rampant mm-hmm. right you don't have smartphones it's like like describe describe the show that you're watching right now like you can't send photos you can't send links Oh just, my just... god! But Naruto's that old. Naruto's yeah. pretty old. And Naruto's pretty old. Naruto's a dad now, right? Naruto's I mean, yeah, old. but I mean, like, it's not like his timeline mirrors our timeline. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's it's definitely like early two thousands. Got it's it. Not nineties, yeah. but it's like, not nineties, nineties, yeah. 
Because yeah, like, like when really was because this is my this is my first anime. This is completely unplanned. I just happened to. Oh, are flexing his collection again? No, this is just like I just happen to be drying this because I just did laundry. But like, Card Captor Sakura is like one of what am I? Oh yeah, Card Captor is amazing. That's the one you stole from your sister, isn't it? My sister gave it to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I like Card Captor and like what Sailor Moon is like, like fairy tale, magical esque. Yeah, it's, it's magical like Tokyo. It's like um, that to me. That was like a bit more nineties, early two thousands as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Just around the same time. That aesthetic. It's like kind of grainy anime. It's like, mm-hmm. and it's also like clamp and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you I, laughing? I, no, 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 no. I just I love this conversation. I love this conversation. I was I'm just scared to say stuff, and you'd be like, dude, that was two thousand four. You dumb. <laughs> like, nah, I'm not gonna. Paddle pop ice cream has to have been around. Like, paddle pop, like, yeah. Paddle pop. Oh around, my god. Like, okay, if we're talking about like ice cream, like one of my fondest memories growing up in Malaysia is you get on the school bus, and sometimes yeah. they have a bucket of that shaved ice, like colored ice. <laughs> Cool. Selling on the, on the bus. On the bus? Yes, on the school buses. It's composure. It's hot as hell. No, so like it's like it's like a, it's a bucket just filled with ice, and then they've got like these tubes of like. Oh, colored... the tubes! Oh, oh the yeah, tubes. yeah, yeah, the tubes. Yeah. I know those. Yeah, those yeah, are good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, like, I just spend money on that shit, and I, that's how I became a hyper kid. That bus driver was hustling. He's he like, was, because <laughs> he knew what the kids would would want, want after yeah, school. Yeah. Ended. It's just syrup, isn't it? It's just like ice. Yeah. It's like yeah. for, it's I guess like non Southeast Asians who are so lost in this. It's like how would you describe their like sausage packets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sausage <laughs> links. But instead of meat, sausage links of like water, like it's just flavored, flavored water. water. Yeah, flavored That's frozen iced. water. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, God those are so good. I don't remember the last time I've seen those. I don't think they exist anymore. You know, yeah. funny segue. There's actually in like or funny reference in uh, a Malaysian South uh, a Malaysian game, a Southeast Asian game, like uh, called Once Again, which is by a Malaysian developer. It's all about nostalgia as well, and it's like they, the character time time travels back to when they were a child. And I saw that little ice cream. I was like, I know. <laughs> it's like mm. that's the perfect nostalgia ice cream. You know, Not, I feel like you can get a paddle pop, but like oh, the paddle can. pop, of course, of course, paddle pop rainbow, right? Yes, yeah, paddle yeah, pop rainbow. Paddle paddle rainbow. rainbow. Yeah. What a yeah. great ice cream. Is it, oh my God. Do they still have, they still have Cornettos, right? Do you guys have, oh, yeah, you guys yeah, have yeah. Cornettos? Are Cornettos right. was around, but like yeah. you know, metal pop was like less expensive. Yeah. Like Mat Cool, you know what I mean? Oh like, my God, Mat Cool, Mat Cool, Kawanku. That, that was <laughs> that was a jingle. What just possessed you? Dude? That was the that is the jingle. You have you can't just say Mat Cool. It's Mat Cool, Mat Cool, Kawanku. Okay, I don't know the Mat Cool one. <laughs> yeah, my mine was like paddle pop. Yeah, yeah, paddle pop, super super yummy. Oh, is it super super yummy? I never know the lyrics, but it's like da 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 yeah. da da da. Yeah, it's super super yummy. Yeah. Yeah. My, I don't know. Mine was Coco Crunch. <laughs> what's is the there Coco a, what's Crunch? Coco Crunch? Jingle? I'm, I'm actually. Is, is, is that selling, one? Yeah. Who is selling Coco Crunch out no, of? No, you're right. Maybe there isn't. A, maybe there isn't. Because no, like you would always do like cereal at school, so it would there'd be the ice cream stand, and then there'd be like the small cereal packets that you could get. Uh, what cereal? I, 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 I went to cereal. a different. This this is the this is the divide between Arif and I. Okay, like you know the the, the kind of school I went to would yeah, be like same. would be like when it's raining, we're like fuck, like damn guys, like it's raining today. It means we will not have the fans working tomorrow because the rain has yeah. leaked into the roof of our classroom and the lights <laughs> and the fan do not work. That's exactly you like know mine. what that means when you're wearing like baju kurung and long sleeve yeah. shirts and a tie, and it's like Malaysian weather and the fans are not working. Yeah. I don't know what your experience was, man. I'll I'll, I'll humanize myself. I'll go. I'll do another story. <laughs> I'll I'll try to find the same. So back in the day, and this is like pretty messed up. Now that we now now like mm-hmm. all things considered, it's pretty messed up back in the day. But we used to get like punished by the rulers. Did you guys ever get hit by rulers in school? Yeah. Dude, 
I was punished all the time. I all was, the time. Yeah. I was yeah. rotund yeah. in front of class rotund. every single day. And look at you now. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, I was, by the way, I was a very bad student. Like, I, I was definitely not one of the good ones. What what were you? Because I have my thing that I was like punished by. But please, what were please, your please. Means? I want to hear no, no, yours no. first. What were your means? Because no, no, no. you said rotan. Like I don't think I've ever got rotan in, in school. That was like I was old. rotan in front of class. Rotan, yeah, I was rotan, I was rotan in front rotan of too. like the assembly hall, like in front of the whole the school. whole school. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't I, go. There. I think I didn't go there. But I, I was very bad. <laughs> kid. Call a school assembly. June is the first <laughs> thing on the agenda, and then just yeah. June with the rotan. Dude, like I was what did you do? traumatizing, dude. Yeah, what did you do? I can't. Rem- I, I can't remember all of the things I did now, but like I definitely like uh, got up to some like weird shenanigans. I, I think I'm pretty sure I put a rock up a teacher's car once. Oh. A rock on top like, of in, his like car? the exhaust pipe. Oh, oh my! Oh, yeah, that's messed up, dude. Messed <laughs> I think up. he could have died. The car could have exploded. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, like, I got up to some like really bad shit. Yeah. Like I mean, like now, now like, it's like. It was almost like border bordering like juvenile delinquency. Yeah. But it yeah. wasn't yet. It wasn't yet. It yeah. wasn't back in the back in the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 one that I did is like we never got rotan itself. And for like people that don't know, rotan is like what those wooden it's a, what? like a it's like a, a thin, thin, it's a very pliable thin, wooden thin whippy. Wooden it's, thing. it's 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 got like a whippy like not yeah. consistency. But it doesn't yeah. just hit it like flicks onto yeah, 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 because yeah, it's so yeah. thin it's like sharp yeah, yeah. Small. It's ca- I think it's rattan rattan I think yeah. rattan comes from the rattan which is the tree that it comes from yes yeah so we never had those in school okay. obviously I'm familiar but the one in school was I remember I got in trouble so much because I didn't do my homework that I was called to the not not just the principal the headmaster's office nice yeah. and I remember it was like a video game final boss where the principal of the school would have the rulers like those mm-hmm. like you know um, not meter long, but the ones that you can hold in your hand, you would like put your hand in front and you get slapped by it. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was like, all right, I'm so used to that. Just give me, give me the slap on the, on the hand. Yeah. Oh right? my God. And then the headmaster came about and it was like, it's like a flipping movie. His back was turned to me and he was assembling this, like this, this weapon basically. Oh, and it was essentially <laughs> two wooden rulers stacked in between, like in, in between that was sandwiched was a metal ruler. And oh it my was god! Taped what? Together. So what I got hit by that's, a that's wooden sick. metal ruler. Wait, and it was like that sounds that like abuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's like I can't hit the child with metal, so I'll just I, hide it between exactly. two wooden rulers. And I thought it was so funny because in that moment I was like I was obviously having fun and I was finding jest, even though I was like really scared. But I was mm-hmm. like, this is pretty messed up. No, <laughs> it's like they they up the boss level for for the headmaster. Mm-hmm. His weapon is different. You know? That sounds um, pretty fucked up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. Now looking back at it, it definitely is. But hey. Early two thousands, late nineties. You know what I mean? What you gonna do? <laughs> Southeast Asia. What you gonna do? I mean, like, I think my most messed up story, which is like not something that actually involved me, but like my classroom got burnt down by arsonists. Was it June? Like, was it June? What the hell? <laughs> like, I don't even know how the word spread because back then it's like this is like pre Facebook or whatever, right? So you know, some kids might have handphones, some might not. But I just knew that by the time we all arrived at school, everyone in our class knew, like, our classroom was gone. And we would all walk, we all walked there. And it was just, like, it's, like, because it's a, it's a long row of classrooms in, like, a block. But it's only single story where my classroom was. And it was just, like, every classroom was fine. And the one in the middle, which was ours, was just, like, it, it just was, like, completely destroyed. Oh, my God. Like, wooden stuff, like, wooden crazy. things were sticking out. And then, and then, like, the teachers were, like, all right, we'll, we'll move you over there. It's, like okay like that's it should, should we tell our parents is the police coming 
Is it just gonna be like this? And oh they never God. found out. As far as I know, like no one knew what happened. Science experiment gone wrong. The conversation got burned down, if you will. You know. No, that thinking, one didn't. No. That one didn't work as well. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, the '90s. Am I right? Everybody? Oh, I. Sorry. But I really important thing to mention, mm-hmm. which I think we've talked about before, but um, DVD stores. Oh my god! Anime. Oh, DVD stores. Um, I remember I told this story a couple times before. I don't think on this podcast, but um, I used to buy Digimon DVDs mm-hmm. from my local Speedy, mm-hmm. and uh, they used to be not in. They used to be English dubs, but for some reason, they, they, have I told this story? I haven't, right? No, I haven't. No. Nope. They used to be, they had English dubs for Digimon seasons one and two, but for some reason, they had the Filipino voice actors redo the English dubs. <laughs> Amazing. So the voices would be English, but they would be by Filipino voice actors. Mm-hmm. So they had all had Filipino accents. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird that I never registered that as like not normal, you know? Like they weren't the Western voice actors. Mm-hmm. So some episodes would be like from the Western voice actors and some episode would be the Filipino voice actors. And you'd be like, oh, okay. But Damn. I was like, isn't that so, such a funny thing? Oh man, um, that is hilarious. And I was talking to, I was talking to Sakina from Persona Theory Games about this scenario. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, it's probably because like they didn't want to pay the voice actor. Yeah, like, for licensing. So they, exactly. So they got like local voice actors to do the dubs. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. But that only that stuff only existed like back in the day, you know. I mean, I'm... if you're talking about that, it's like yeah, I I just remember buying pirated DVD like VCDs. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even DVDs. Oh my god, VCDs! You had to change this one to this two. Like yes, if you're watching and a like movie. games, and like because you go to the and like okay, so like basically you go to these shops and they're literally just they rented out the space. The shop has nothing in it but like wall <laughs> racks of like these VCDs yeah. f- hanging on the on like these like cheap ass racks and then like. You can find every single game, uh, even like uh, hentai games. You know, like uh, expansions for all okay. sorts of things. It was like it, uh-huh. it was like you, it had everything. You know, mm-hmm. but the worst part was like sometimes you never know what you could get. Like if whether the the the, the game would work. So you'd buy <laughs> it and then you take it home. And it was like two bucks or something, and then like you would like put it in and then suddenly either the key gen there was no key gen for like yes. the pirate. Yes. Oh my god. Or like yes. you know like oh it's missing the code or like you need to go back to the shop to get the serial key, you know, because only the guy had it. Oh, my God, and yeah. Like, or, like, you know, you're missing one of the discs because, like, you install it halfway and it says change to disc 5. Dude, like, that was that was the, oh my God. the video game experience, man. It's like, I remember that being me for Zoo Tycoon. I don't think I had too much of an issue with, which yeah. is, like, so that one was okay. But I remember I was like, all right, I can play computer games now after Zoo Tycoon. And it was, like, <laughs> Warcraft. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That was, was like, my gateway I, I to can, computer games. I can right? play video games now. No, as in like because I'm a console dude, right? But I was like Game Boy, like SNES. So I never did computer games. Right, right, until right. Zoo this is precisely why I didn't. Okay, like firstly, I didn't have a great computer to begin with. But this is precisely mm-hmm. why I didn't like gaming on computers. It was so like, oh, um, crack this thing, copy this file, paste it here. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, if it, <laughs> like with yeah. PlayStation, it's just put it in go if it doesn't work bring it back like that there there's only one button you can't mess it up you know that, that was understandable my... yeah my, my thing was like it was warcraft 3 the frozen throne amazing it was like oh, amazing was that one? and it was like i was so excited my friend told me all about it and i played it at his house and then when i got home the stupid like key gen thing came oh up i'm like God. yeah the key what gen. do i do i can't drive alone you know it's like <laughs> I'm, my parents could be so pissed if i wake them up to go drive to the game store for this you know what I mean? oh yeah. man but this is a time where, like, my like when it didn't work the first time, I didn't know how to do the Cajun thing, which was I think Age of Mythology was my first one. Oh, great and game! Amazing game, right? But I'm like, 
I know I'm I'm not that I think maybe I was like 12 I'm not sure it's like this is not working and I know for a fact my parents will not know how to get this working so I need to figure out on my own that was like my first lesson in like critical thinking and I was like what did my <laughs> what did my cousin say to do at this point I do know I have to copy this somewhere and it's just like MacGyvering, just like hacking, figuring out something on your computer, paste it somewhere, paste it everywhere until it suddenly works. And so it's just like a moment with like, my parents cannot help me. I'm on my I'm on my own, that kind of feeling. Wow. That was your experience feeling like you were growing up a little. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> games taught me how to critical <laughs> think and grow games up. Fire taught games, me how yeah. to grow up a little. Yeah. But but it it's so funny, right? How back in the day here in Southeast Asia, like it's fascinating how everything was pirated, everything was fake because it would be so games would be so expensive. You can't uh, afford it to import, but also it's like our economy. Yeah, we just couldn't afford yeah. games. So I remember, like like you said, June, the walls of just like yeah. you know. I remember for me it was when my when my dad brought home a PS2. Oh, it yeah. came in those like little ring binders, and I had like oh, twenty yes, games stacked up because they wouldn't even be in like hard cases, right? They would just be in yeah. plastic sleeves. Plastic sleeves flipping through those games like oh i'm gonna play dark cloud 2 today you know because it's in the stack which is why like then when you did get a game that came in a jewel case like final fantasy 7 or like (laughs) 8 like you you remember those a lot more because like it's like oh wow this was a special one you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it didn't come in like a plastic bits you know of plastic sheet yeah plastic sheet like you know wrapping it was like an actual jewel case i didn't know like that it was like not real. Not real? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think part of me kind of knew, but also part of me was like, because it, it did it did a funny, I think it did a funny thing to a lot of us in this region because like, because they were so cheap to buy pirate games, I do not have like a completionist mindset because as soon as I get bored, I have like 20 Boarding. more in the back that I can play, you know, like I can spend, I can play like 24 seven because I have so many different games. Whereas yeah. if you're like living in the US and, you're, and your parents buy you a game for Christmas, that's your game for the rest of the year. So True. it's, it was very True. different, um, but but yeah, it was interesting time. Good times. Good times. The, the the one June, it's like the not only the cases, but like Pokemon. The whenever somebody had the colored Pokemon cartridges, oh yeah, like leaf green would be like proper green, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. my leaf green would be like the black cartridge with the sticker on it. I'm like, is this fake? <laughs> like, dude, is yours like what the hell? Like, there's production. There's like iconic production on yours. Mm-hmm. Really, like, oh my gosh your save file would corrupt and theirs would be perfect you know what i mean it's like <sighs> dude those were yeah. the best times man i finished the best times i told you guys i think i finished pokemon gold in like half french half english it was like a bootleg <laughs> oh. version and like i yeah. mean when you're when you're a kid you just you just have the grind set mentality it's right I'm, I'm gonna finish this game i don't know what's happening don't know what's going on but somehow you become the pokemon champion without knowing half of what's what's happening in the game i remember getting like Japanese versions of Pokemon that I I obviously didn't know how to read Japanese but and so made, I would yeah. just I was just like force my way through it's like I guess this is a potion I guess this is the Pokemon <laughs> you know like uh, you just gotta do what you gotta do yeah and gaming used to be so different <laughs> oh my god um, well there's two things I want to quickly touch on before mm-hmm. we kind of close out the podcast the two of you were actually on a uh uh, on a stream on Reno's side, yes. um, playing some Phasmophobia. Do, do you want to walk me through a little bit of that? That, that looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I think what happened was sometime towards the end of last year, um, Jen and I have like a mutual on Twitter. Her name is Chantal. So she's part of the team that's building Dark Web Streamer, which is like a horror um, stream simulation game coming out of Australia. 
and she's also someone who's I think perpetually online and her game her game is really cool I wanted to kind of like talk a bit about it um, for one of my articles that I was writing June was also in touch with her I guess in an Xbox capacity but also just in that wow you're such a cool person capacity and I think at some point she wrote something on Twitter that was like I will only take interviews in phasmophobia and somewhere inside of me even though I hate horror games I'm like terrified of it. I was like bet okay <laughs> so I messaged her and then I think I messaged June as well or he saw that tweet where we were talking about it and I was like let's just let's do it all together so that I'm not just alone <laughs> in this yep. scary game with um the master of horror games so we started the stream Chantal was running a little bit late and I was like oh that's cool we'll just like play a couple rounds while waiting for her I was like June we've got Rach as well and we're like, and June is like walking me through the game because I literally like, I told him this is the first time I've turned, on, turned the game on. I don't know what to expect. And he was um, going, you were like going through all the different like tools. You're like, okay, there's a flashlight and what? And then like this yeah, thing yeah. where you can talk to ghosts. And I was like, talk to ghosts? He's like, yeah, you got to talk to ghosts. I was like, what is this game? Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm about to like leave my own stream right now. <laughs> and then this is like voice. And then, and then like Rach and June can hear it too. And they're like talking to it, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's the ghost!" <laughs> and then I'm like listening, and I'm like, "Wait, wow, this is like really sophisticated, like gaming." And then at some point, the voice says something about like a game or or sorry, I'm late. I was like, "Oh my god, it's like Chantal who just joined the Discord call." I thought, holy, like I was like terrified, like the blood, like my blood had just run cold. I'm like, "This is the ghost, like my first ghostly interaction in Pasmophobia, everyone." And it's so intelligent. It's like it's like yeah. so like the AI is so good. Yeah, like, the so language smart. processing, yeah. the language processing is just so sophisticated. You know what I mean? That's amazing. I was like, um, a totally unplanned but very like iconic entrance. I think to be interviewing like a horror game developer, and like I literally thought she was the ghost of a game. Amazing. How was it? Because like the only thing that I saw was like in and out of the stream was when June was trying to tell you the controls, but he was standing in front of you the entire time, so you couldn't read oh, yeah. this thing on the board. So June was like, "Oh, I think I'm in front of you. How do I move my character around?" And it was just like Reno screaming. I just see June shipping his back, like trying to get oh out of there. Oh my god! It was so chaotic. It was so fun. It, was, it looked it looked like such a fun experience. Phasmo is such a janky game, but it's it's much better for it. It's, it's part of Such the charm, a cool social right? experience. Yeah. The fact that you were able to hang out but also do an interview, like, that's awesome to me. It was, I mean, it was, like, so meta as well, right? It's like we're playing a horror game, interviewing a horror dev. Uh, I'm streaming, and she's making a streaming game. So there were just, like, definitely, like, multiple layers to it, which which, which did make it very cool. Yeah. I think we, we talked a lot about how, I guess, like, in this kind of generation of, like, the attention economy, how everybody's trying to make money off, you know, being popular or getting lots of views, like... I think um, her game try Darkwood Streamer is trying to address like to what extent are we willing to go um, to get to those kinds of goals? So like in her game, you're a streamer, um, but you're like a streamer of the dark web. So I guess your whole like your whole content or your whole shtick is just about exploring like the awful side of the internet, things like the occult, things that are like unnerving. You do unboxings of stuff that's filled with like human fingernails or animal remains, just weird stuff like that, right? And but the whole thing is like you're obviously very visibly freaked out, but you've got an audience in front of you. So what do you do? It's like, do you go with your instinct, which is to like throw all this stuff away and like never touch it again? Or do you overcome that for the sake of views, popularity, income, all that other stuff that comes with streaming and then and open that box? So I think it's yeah, her game touches on a lot of like really interesting kind of like modern commentary 
about how we're like consuming content, how we make content, and and that sort of like fight or flight sort of instinct, which is very cool. And I felt, and I felt that too with Phasmophobia. I'm like, I really don't want to be in this game, but I like my friends, and I like this interview, and I want to produce a good article. So I'm gonna sit here and complain. <laughs> the curse of the content creator. Yeah. yeah. I pursue, I will pursue anything. It's like that Bioshock um, level where he'll do anything to pursue arts. Oh yeah, what a great, what a great level. Um, can I, can I ask you guys something? Can I be really honest with you guys? Yeah. What is it about Southeast Asians and defaulting to ghost stories whenever we're hanging out with other Southeast Asians or people that are familiar with the region? Because when I was watching this, uh, your interview and your stream. I was like, the first part of it was getting to know the game shore. I clicked off because I was doing something else. And then when I came back, it was just full on ghost stories <laughs> between oh, yeah. all of you guys. And I'm like, this is the most Southeast Asian thing possible. Why is it that we always default to ghost stories as like a topic of discussion, you know? Um, so I just thought that was hilarious. I mean, it's just that, you know, like superstition is like weaved into the fabric of our culture. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. it's like pervaded into every part of like who we are, like, you know, like the whole feng shui thing and all of that. So like, you know, we just, we just lived with it. And that's why we all talk. That's how we relate to each other, right? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. oh shit, you you had this thing happen to you. I, I had this yeah. thing, and then you're like, oh yeah, I know that person better because they had yeah. like some juju's in their lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then you can share context, like, oh yeah, that temple has a good guy that can get rid of that spirit that's haunting you. Yeah, yeah, go to them, go to them. I've oh, got yeah. a bomo. I've got a bomo on speed. I, I know some friends are super like into it, but I remember when Vlad from the Undoctrine was visiting. Do you remember this this dinner yeah, yeah. we were having? It was like, oh, where where does Vlad want to go in KL? And he was like, somebody was like, oh, there's a haunted house you should go check out. RF can drive you. I'm like, Vlad, <laughs> I, as much as I want you to explore my city, I'm not gonna drive. I'm not gonna go to that haunted. <laughs> it was house to Gunting, you. right? It was. It was like somebody. Oh, Gunting, Gunting yeah. is full of ghosts, man. Like that. Yeah. That's no, no, oh no, my no. God, yeah. I but it was somebody who was like, "Arif's got a car. Why didn't, why didn't Arif just drive Vlad <laughs> to the, the haunted house?" I'm, I'm not doing that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, um, ghost stories. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch base on was speaking of culture. Uh, June, how is your Malay? My Malay is horrible. I mean, like I can like basically understand what people are telling me, uh, but I haven't used it. Uh, very much so like i wouldn't say it's good <laughs> honestly same um reno do you want to <laughs> but you live in malaysia so yeah, like, i know it doesn't matter it. No, it doesn't matter it's the same you know what i mean like it's it's you know mm -hmm. the language of my ancestors didn't really like pass on fully um to me <laughs> um reno do you want to walk us through what we did yesterday uh was it two days ago two days ago two days i think you i think you haven't slept for like three days so it's just one big day for Arif. oh my um, gosh so i think so Arif told me about this um sort of like live show that they, that is on twitch um hosted by a guy named k9 high i think is his uh twitch handle and the show is called the late late malay show where i think um in the pursuit of sort of preserving the language that you know isn't uh, sort of like commonly known outside of mm. our region and, and just to mm. do it in a fun entertaining way he does a series where um, he brings on I guess people who might I think they were, we were all content creators this time I don't know if that's always mm. the case but bring uh, brings people on and then you do a series of like quizzes challenges all just around like using Malay in like a fun oh, interesting amazing. way that's so cool I mean, Arif, you've been on the show before, and I know this—the the one we just did two days ago—is a slightly different model, but I guess that's kind of the rough summary of it. Yeah, it is. It's like the whole point of it is you get a bunch of content creators in a room, and you're split into teams, and you're given prompts. And the prompts would be things like translate this Malay phrase into English the best that you can, right? Nice. Or here's a picture, describe it using Malay, 
in the best of your abilities. Amazing. Or the one that we did was like, hey, here's a bunch of food. What are these foods called in mm-hmm. Malay? So it's this like yeah. hilarious. And a lot of us, I think most of the people on the show do not speak Malay or like very or very casual with it, even oh if gosh. we are Malay. So or I didn't know whatever. that. Yeah. I didn't know that this was a show for people who didn't speak Malay. Because oh, really? I, I, look, I, I'm not saying I'm very good. But I do oh, speak. I do speak Malay. I'm the worst amongst my friends. So when I told my friends I was going on this show, they were all kind of like, "Oh, like, are you sure? Like, okay, like, this, this is gonna be funny." Um, and then like before the show, I'm like in the shower, like practicing my like a full on like speech in oh Malay. Oh my god, are practicing. you serious? Yeah, I'm like Dude, like going through high achiever. What a try hard. Oh you know my god. Mean? And then I mean like I get on the show, and then um, I mean everyone is having a good time, and I feel like the worse your Malay is, the the funnier it is. So maybe I'm, I, I'm at a disadvantage, I think, because I actually studied mm-hmm. Malay. I don't know. Like a lot of um, I think besides Arif and I, everyone else was Singaporean as well. So I think. Oh. Malay is not as widely spoken in, in Singapore, um, mm. but it was just yeah really really funny to kind of to kind of go through these questions and the food one was interesting I think because it's like I think that's the section everyone did the best at it's like we maybe yeah. we don't Easy, speak the language right? but we know so the Southeast food Asian. <laughs> oh, yeah it's the easiest like we know four different names for food you know yeah. like of course we do yeah it, it was really fun and again I think like on a larger note it's so cool that they're able to do that I know they've been on the Twitch front page a couple times as well oh, awesome. and like the whole thing is that like they bring on content creators to just do this game show and it's such a cool yeah uh, preservation of heritage preservation of language thing I know That's they're collaborating cool. with a couple of institutions as well in Singapore to mm-hmm. continue this initiative but it's so funny and modern and new wave where mm-hmm. you can have a game show that's pretty much something you would watch on TV, like on Twitch. You know what I mean? Like that is a yeah. television show on Twitch, um, but it's also so cool and so Southeast Asian. So like props to them for kind of building that like Southeast Asian narrative, not through games, right? But like, or video games rather, but through these kinds of like other mediums. Yeah. It's just so fun and funny. So props to Panda and K9. I think they're doing mm-hmm. a great job. I mean, my mom, I, I sent my mom the link thinking like, oh, she'll catch a bit and then go to bed because it was, it was pretty late. I think it was like 10 to midnight or something, Malaysia time. And she actually texted me at like 12.30 Malaysia time and was like, that was so funny. I was like, what? Are you still awake? Like, did you watch the whole thing? She was like, yeah, it's addicting. I can't, st- I couldn't stop. Oh, I was wow. Like, wow. Does your mom watch your streams? Um, she, sometimes she does, but it's more like, I think if I don't respond to her message for a few hours, then she goes to see where I am and I'm usually streaming if I'm not responding. That's so cute. Yeah. She she hasn't game though. So she doesn't, she doesn't know what's happening. When you're talking about Squall or... Oh my god! Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't think she has seen my Elhatham pulling streams. She'd be like, oh my god, this is a lot of money going away. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she did. Like, she knew I played this game called Genshin, right? And she didn't take an interest until that article came out and she forwarded on to me. And it was that about that Singaporean girl who spent like 40k uh, yeah. um, uh, like on, on her dad's credit card. Yeah, and I think that's when my mom got a bit worried. She's like, hey, so this is that game you're playing, right? So how much, you have, financially you, <laughs> how much have you spent? I was like, no, nowhere in that realm, mom. Like, nothing. <laughs> it's crazy. I refuse to acknowledge how much I've spent on Genshin. Well, that's the show for today, folks. Um, <laughs> thanks for, or Pokemon Go, you know what I mean? Like these games, or Apex, these games just get you. Mm-hmm. Um, June, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, I had the best time. Any any parting words on the Xbox side or as, uh, you know, your weird Long Kang story side? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wanted to share with the audience? Uh, not really. I'm just, I just had the best time, guys. It was, it was cool coming on uh, and just chatting and shooting the wind. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, this turns out. <laughs> Where can people <laughs> find you, Jun, if they want to? Where uh, are you on the internet? I think the best place to find me is Twitter, uh, at Junch Gaming. Yep, yep, we'll plug that. Perpetually online, right? Is that... I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> chronically <laughs> online, which is a problem. <laughs> Um, no, seriously, please. I know we talked about it a lot, uh, but I know Reno and I talk about June all the time. Oh. Like it's a all the yeah. time. Thanks, guys. On our daily calls, like I wonder how June's doing. Today. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, man, you do such good work out there, and it's you're such a positive like impact and presence already in your short time with Xbox. Like so far, I don't think it's even that short at this point, right? It's been like almost, it's almost a year uh, now. Yeah, almost a year. But like since then, I just feel like there's so much more positive momentum in the industry, mm-hmm. like you and a couple other people who have really made some impact for the past year. So just like, dude, keep props and keep hyping keep hyping people up you know like yeah. that's, <laughs> that's all i can hand. do that's all my that's all my god-given talents is to hype others <laughs> and uh and reno we can read your um a space for the unbound review where yes that's it's on one. games hub i will pop the link down in the description below and the phasmo uh the dark web streamer um interview as well that's also on games hub and the vod is up on my on on youtube as well which i can link to but it's i think the article does it better justice than just watching the vod of me crying <laughs> i think the vod is just like super troll i love it yeah every every moment was just jim being like um you go in first you go in first you know yeah like, we were you're, just you're trying to make you know die every time <laughs> And it worked. I did yeah, die. Yeah, you really did die. Times. Every single time we played, you were the first to die. <laughs> it was the best. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. We gotta get RF on Phasma, then we'll see who dies first. Hey, I'm okay. Hey, I'm, I'm down. Okay. I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm all right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Simulacra was my like, you know, first that's the farthest I'll go. Right? Yeah, first and last. There's um, <laughs> a lot of good Southeast Asia horror games coming up, man. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm so excited, Jane. I'm so excited <laughs> to play all these Southeast Asian horror games. I really am, but I'm also like, even the guys, the people who are doing Timeline, like from Thailand. Oh, yes. They're also doing, a. I think they're one of their titles, one of their mm. three titles that are coming out is a horror game. And I'm like, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> oh, my. But, you know, short papers, like paper ghost stories as well. That's mm. another horror game. That's that was coming great. Out. I'm Good amazed game. by the first. I'm, I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> I will see if I'll play that one. <laughs> um, no, but thanks everybody for listening. This was a really fun episode of the 20M podcast. This was, uh, yeah, just a pleasure. Our first guest and mm-hmm. a lot of Honored. nostalgic conversation and also a lot of us crying over Space for the Unbound. So thanks. And uh, we'll have more announcements on who's going to be joining us as some next guests in the coming weeks. Um, obviously, check out some of the clips that we're putting on our socials. Um, you can find us at 20M Podcast on Twitter. Instagram, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes. Um, Yeah, and you can find all our social links at the bottom as well. Thanks. I kind of want to close out the episode saying that, like, is it, you know, can we talk about the time you were looking at Genshin crotches again? No, no, no. No, Um, we can't do that. That's not a good closing. I think once is enough. Once is enough. Oh, no more Genshin crotches. All right. Uh, Thanks for joining us, folks. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)